Hey guys, thanks for checking out our podcast. We hope this week's message inspires you and encourages you. Feel free to check out our website for more information. Here's today's message. And while you're saying amen and sitting down, would you like to give thanks to our awesome keyboard player for this morning? This is Jong-in's first time up on the stage. How good. Jong-in, I knew that you could, like, we know that you, like, you teach piano, don't you? So we know you've got to be reasonable at piano, but my goodness, like, we just listen to you play. Jong-in, well done. Thank you. God bless you. Great to, great to have you here. Hey, yesterday morning, Rob Buffett and I were sitting having a, I think we were some of the early customers at Ferguson Player in Lorimer. Um, and so Rob was sipping his latte and I was sipping my tea and he had his back to the window and, his, and he, was, he was in the midst of conversation. You know, and, but, but I could see over his shoulder, so I could see out the window onto the street. And I see this beautiful, big, shiny, you know, the, the new uh, Ford Ranger and had that, 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 that metallic orange color. And it was absolutely shiny and beautiful. And it pulled up four-wheel drive twin cab. I could see the lady driving it. Uh, and next thing, <laughs> she's pulled up and, you know, like, who, who gets challenged by parallel parking? Very few admissions. I've got members of my family that refuse to do it. Anyway, she pulls up and, um, and, and she's, she's backing into Parallel Park. And as Rob was talking, I was trying to concentrate on what he was saying, but she was going straight for, there's a big table that's on the footpath. She was going straight for the, the new Ford Ranger. Thankfully... I think she must have realised that something happened because she stopped about that far short of it, you know? Real quick stop and she missed it. Anyway, I just thought I'd tell you that. Um, here's, here's a village. Here's a village when we get it up there. Um, this is Kotopun in, um, in what's called, it's called Papua now, formerly known as Irianjaya. And it's, it's, it's actually quite close to the to the eastern border of Irianjaya with, with uh, Papua New Guinea. And Kotopun, and you can see, this is up in the, the remote eastern highlands of Papua. And um, I started out being pretty bored in life by people like Jessie Williamson. And she was a lady who went to Papua as a young, single nurse. And she stayed there for just over 40 years. Many of them right here in Kotopun. And accessible, you see, when you come into Kotopun, the only way to do it, you, can, you fly up, up there. You, got, my, got my pointer back. <laughs> Pastor Jeff loves his pointer, doesn't he? And, and what you do is you fly, you fly in this ravine along here. You've got to be below the level of the airstrip, so you can't see the plane flying from here. You're down in the ravine and there's a raging river way below that. So you fly in here in a little plane, up here, you bank around. You feel like you can reach out and touch the trees when you're flying past them. You, then you bank in and you come and you land on this airstrip. And it's, uh, 
it's good fun taking off when you leave there too. Because <laughs> there ain't no room for error. <laughs> and there's Jesse's house. There's the church. Sorry, there's the church. 40 years. She got an Order of Australia medal. Um, she never married. She only came home from Jaya once she was unwell. She actually came here, if you remember, she spoke in our church. She's diagnosed with leukemia and, and passed away when she was 75 years old. And, and you know, like, for the longest time for me as a, as a young guy, like, I saw people like Jessie, as, she's, like she's a rare breed. And then a bit later in life, I progressed from thinking, well, she's a rare breed to thinking, man, I, I admire people like her. Wow. Meantime, though, I always assumed, I assumed that that wasn't what I would do. No, I, like I'd be here, I went to high school, I would live, probably prefer to live in Melbourne, the sporting capital of the world. Um, I reckon when I'm going through school and then my first career choice, I want to be a helicopter pilot in the Navy, that doesn't quite turn out. I reckon I'll be a cop. And when I'm in the cop, I'm going to, in the cops in the, in the police force, I'm going to go to the top. I'm going to be the chief commissioner, Victoria Police. And so I'll go off, um, where, you know, like between whatever years it ended up being, I'll study an arts degree at La Trobe Uni. That's going to help me to get to the top. And by the way, look, hopefully, hopefully I'll meet a nice girl and I'll get married. Um, and, and, and I did. Um, and we'll buy a house. I mean, we didn't have compulsory super back in those days, but I'll put money into super. I'll get my nest egg together. I'll get a retirement. So that I've got to be able to retire. And we'll have kids. And, and by the way, I'll go to church on Sunday and I'll give money to missions. That's what I thought. But if you ask me, seriously, just, just, just try and check in on this. If you ask me, Jeff, why aren't you going? Do you know what I said? Or what I would say? And don't feel bad if you say it too. Oh, well, God hasn't called me to go. He's called me to stay. Keith Green, he died in a plane crash when I was 15 or 16 years old. Before that, I'd listened to his music and I call Keith Green's music prophetic music. Because, like, and I, I listened to it more in the, all the years to follow through my teenage years, even after he died, and I still listen to it now. And I say it's prophetic because you simply do not listen to Keith Green's music if you do not want to feel squidgy and decidedly uncomfortable. Every song that he sings. So I would heard him, hear him sing words like this. Look at these. He said, Jesus commands us to go, but we go the other way. So he carries the burden alone. 
while his children are busy at play feeling so called to stay. Jesus commands us to go. It should be the exception if we stay. (laughs) It's no wonder we're moving so slow when his church refused to obey, feeling so called to stay. But you know what? I listened to that song all the way through and I still would have said, yeah, I'm not called. Did you ever have an assumption like that? You don't have to tell anyone, but like, did you even think that now while I've been talking to you, Jeff, I'm not called to go. I couldn't go. Someone did. Thanks for the honest, humble admission. Thank you. (laughs) Of course, of course. Come on, look at us all. Like, We're all called to stay. And I don't want you to feel bad about it this morning. I don't, well, you feel a little bit bad if you want to, but don't feel too bad because the way you're feeling and the way I'm feeling like that too. Friends, it's entirely natural. It's just the way we are. So don't, don't beat yourself up. But did you ever have that assumption? Are you sitting there saying that now? Now, like it might actually be that you genuinely are called to stay, but it also might be that you would say you're called to stay. Okay, so tell me why. How did God call you to stay? What did he do? Hey, did, did, you, did you ever sit like I did yesterday with Rob and you're looking out the window and you can see the car and it's going straight for the table and someone's got to tell her. See, like she needed someone to tell her, didn't she? And you know the friend you've got to, like I, I actually, I, I know a couple of people like this. Um, and they're not always men. Um, and you don't know if that person realises it. Or maybe they realise it and they don't get, but they smell. You know anyone like that? Like, they got BO. So, like, seriously, like, someone needs to tell them, don't they? Or like, you're like me, and I'm with my brother years ago, young guy, thinking I'm really, really cool. Remember back in the days, remember older people, you know, and we, it used to be cool. We would have like, a, like, a, like a, a trendy little string, and then it would hold onto our sunglasses and say, put your sunglasses on, and then when you take them off, they'd hang around your neck. Remember that? It doesn't sound cool, does it? <laughs> but trust me, it was, wasn't it? I'm on a plane with my brother. We're flying from Louisville, Kentucky in America through to Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. And they serve early in the flight, they serve these like, and from memory, I actually think, like I I think this was bologna sandwiches, but it was some sort of red meat anyway, like bologna ham, I don't know what it was, you know. And so we eat the sandwiches, they're really good sandwiches. And then, you know, collect the food, watch the movie, do all that sort of stuff. And I've got my sunglasses hanging around my neck. We get all the way to the end of the flight. We're getting off, you know, like at, at, at Dallas, Fort Worth. We're in line and I'm looking down and here's this great big bit of bologna. <laughs> right there on my sunglasses. I'm thinking, wasn't someone going to tell me? 
Like, like, so each, each week I get a timetable sent to me from Richmond Football Club. I'm the chaplain there, right? So it's a timetable. It's got all the details of everything that's happening so I know when I can time my visit in there. And I go in there one day. It's a couple of years ago now. I go in there one day for training. Drive in the car park and I'm thinking, man, there's not many people around today. Normally, like some, sometimes you, you, it's really, really hard to even get a car park there. And I get in and I walk around and pretty soon, like I'm sure there's no training going on today, I can see that it's a ghost town. There's no one. <laughs> you know, the one person that I encountered in the building was Brendan Gale, the Chief Executive Officer of Richmond. Walking along, he says, G'day, Jeff. And then I just look at him and he goes, oh, you didn't get the memo. No, 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 I didn't. Like, so they cancelled training and everyone else knows except me. Um, here, right now in the week ahead in our life groups, um, Mill Park Baptist, in our, this is our daring beyond month, isn't it? Following Jesus into the margins. You know, when you start fishing around and finding out things like our world's current population, it's around 7.8 billion people. And, and when you fish around a little bit and you find out that a staggering 3.3 billion of those people, that's 41%. <laughs> We're not just saying that 3.3 billion people aren't Christians. Do you know what we're saying? We're saying they have never, ever heard of the name of Jesus. Never. So we call them unreached people groups. And what that means is that they've never heard of the name of Jesus. But listen, listen in. They've also got no access to knowing the good news of Jesus yet. And they never will get it. They never will hear it. It'll never come to them unless something changes. So when you start fishing around, you find that sort of stuff out, then you're probably sitting there thinking like, I am there talking to Rob yesterday morning. Isn't someone going to tell them? Isn't someone going to tell them? <laughs> And you won't be the only one to ask it either because it got asked a long, long time ago and this is by none other than the Apostle Paul. Look at this with me in, in God's Word, Romans chapter 10. Jew and Gentile. Now at its simplest, friend, don't get confused by that. Gentile just means that, you, that you're not a Jew, all right? So when we say Jew and Gentile in this biblical setting, it's another way of saying all people. All people, regardless of their race or their place or their culture or their religious affiliation, all people are the same in this respect. What respect? They have the same Lord. It's the same God who saves them. And, and, and this Lord, this God, he gives generously to all who call on him. For, and, and now he quotes, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Awesome! Everyone who calls in the name of the Lord. That's, there's the good news. Hey, everyone all over the world can be saved. You get that? Sin forgiven, pain healed, 
Eternal security beyond here and now in this world gotten hold of. And it's for everyone. Here it is. Isn't someone going to tell them? Because the Apostle Paul said, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Isn't someone going to tell them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That's why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. You know, I often remind myself of that idea. How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Paul's actually quoting from the Old Testament. It's from the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. And Isaiah, he said a bit, even a bit more than that. He said, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news of peace and salvation. The news that the God of Israel reigns. On the mountains. So Chapel Lane, this is not far from our house. It's a country road that, that, that I often run or, or walk along. Look at the view that I get. And this is after you come off Yan Yan Road, you go up and once you go over the hill. Look at the view that I get, friends. Look at it. Look, look at that. And you guys are thinking that's an easy running course. I'll tell you what, when you're running back up this way, why? You're working for it. But look at the mountains. And you know what? If I'm not too out of breath when I get there, almost always when I get there, actually, old people, older people, you'll be able to help me with this. Do you remember this? How lovely on, remember that? The mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. And we used to sing that. And it's straight out of Isaiah in the Bible. You're going to keep singing. Let's go. You can keep singing the whole time that I speak, if you like. Because you never get tired of the good news, friends. Never, 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 never. But can you imagine, you know, like when you live in a little place like Kotapun, you know, that, that picture of... How beautiful when, when someone comes on the mountains and you can't even get to this place except in a tiny little aircraft or a helicopter. It's cut off from the outside world and someone comes on the mountains and they've got good news. You see what Paul says there, though, don't you? Like in those verses that we just read, there's some of those verses that you, you, you kind of don't really need to be a Rhodes Scholar to interpret them and to understand them. And you probably don't even need Pastor Jeff to explain them to you. Makes sense, doesn't it? You see, what he says is a couple of things. Firstly, he says, we, we actually have to hear the good news if we're to respond to it. Doesn't matter how smart or how rich or poor or enculturated or isolated or urbanized or industrialized I am. I cannot say yes to a Jesus that I've never heard of. And nor can you. I mean, that's logical, isn't it? Isn't it? I'm going to need someone to tell me. 
And so will you. And so will 41% of our world's population who so far have no way of hearing about Jesus. We're looking for Jesus, friends, in this Daring Beyond Month and it's so that we can follow him into the margins. You, you want to know what? You're going to find Jesus where the faithful are mobilised. What do you mean by that, Jeff? Isn't someone going to tell him? Well, you're going to find Jesus where faithful people, people just like Nurse Jessie, and last week you heard about Plumber Dave, um, you'll, you'll know, I don't think he's here this morning, but diesel mechanic Donovan. Soft, he is here? Where's Donovan? He's not here. He is. Donovan, there he is. Diesel mechanic Donovan. <laughs> um, software developer Norman. Teacher Max. Because, because straight away we think, you know, if there's all these people that don't know about Jesus, well, I've got to go and preach Jesus to them. I've got to go, I've got to go and be a Bible translator. Well, we need people to preach Jesus and we need Bible translators, but we need a lot of other stuff too. And it's, it's where the faithful followers of Jesus are mobilized. In other words, you know, like just to pardon the pun, they get off their backsides and go. And this great book, we've recommended it to you in the, in the notes for this week. Why don't you grab hold of this book? It's a great book to read. It's called Scatter. And it's written by Andrew Scott. Could we just throw it? Thanks, thanks, um, Jaden. Thank you. Because he's talking about, and you can see the little title there, um, like, go therefore and take your job with you. The world of missions is changing so much, friends. And, 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 you know, in many, many, many countries of the world now, like you can't actually get in there on a religious visa or a missionary visa. But you can get in there under your vocation. And by the way, just, just, like, just one little plug, like, and it's not at all saying the other vocations don't matter. But I said to Hayley, my daughter, the other day, you know what, if you're a nurse, you can go anywhere in the world. Like they'll let you anywhere to be a nurse. But, but there's plenty of other vocations too. So the, the idea is take your job with you. My brother spent a couple of years in Vanuatu. He's, he, he's a paramedic here. He spent a couple of years in Vanuatu training paramedics. You see, if we're gonna respond to the good news, we need to hear it. And then next thing is this. Clearly, Paul says, we need to hear it in a language that we're comfortable with. Or as we would say at Wycliffe Bible Translators, we heard from Dave and Lynn last week, it, it, we'd say it's in a language that speaks to their heart. You see, it's of no use to me whatsoever if I hear the good news in Arabic or Farsi. Even if I hear, like, Tagalog and Indonesian are the languages that I'm somewhat more familiar with. I've spent a lot of time around those languages, but it's still no use to me, you know, because, because if I'm listening to Tagalog, I'll be flat out just trying to work out what, what's he saying, what's she saying? I won't have any, any space and bandwidth to be able to process the truth of what they're saying. I'm just trying to work out what the words are. It's logical, isn't it? So these two little guys in Kotopun, Or this old guy 
En kort og pund. If they're going to hear about Jesus, you're going to have to hear it in a language that they understand. You find Jesus where the faithful are mobilized. So we wanted to let you know about an, a, a really good living example of someone who's putting this into action. Pastor Noah, why don't you just come up here? And, um... Isn't this guy just one of your favorite guys of all time when you see him? Like, you just can't, just can't help it. Just can't help it. Like, you... you... You are a legend, Noah. Can you just tell us a bit about how you came to be here at, at Mill Park? Yes. Um, when I was beginning ministry in the Melbourne Boundary Church, there was a suggestion to start a new Korean church from the senior pastor meet. I have accepted that suggestion from God, and church planting has been my heart from, the, from that moment. Especially as I found there was no Korean church in the north of Melbourne, I did not have any doubt to begin a Korean church in the north of Melbourne. About four years, three years ago, I had an opportunity to visit the Mill Park Baptist Church here and had a strong impression. I, I can... I recognize the strong impression to me, but I don't know what's that. I, I, I couldn't explain. I couldn't say something about that impression. But I didn't know. Well, yeah. as, as I looked for a church to begin a Korean ministry in 2020, I knocked the door, Mill Park Baptist Church, and the church has accepted me as their partner for God's kingdom and all of to begin Korean ministry. And we are glad we accepted Turnawa. We're really glad. Um, so Noah and Jongin firmly and comfortably um, entrenched at the Melbourne Bungju Church, which is in Oakley, way over the other side of town. And as you just heard, um, we discovered, and Noah discovered, not one Korean-speaking church north of the city of Melbourne. Not one. Until now. So what's happened this year? What's that? That's why you're here? How, how good is that? Well, we're going to go off script here. We're going to go right off script. What's your name, ma'am? KJ, okay, nice to meet you, KJ. And what's your little guy's name on your, on your lap? Oscar. Everyone welcome KJ and Oscar. Hey. So, KJ, are you saying, like, where do you live? If you don't mind telling us. Yeah, I am living in Munda. In Munda? So you didn't have a church to go to? You lived in Mernda and you drove to Clayton South to go to church. Yes, yeah, yeah. One hour and ten minutes. Every, 
with your three kids and a husband. Yes. Sounds like your husband just came along, yeah, but. AJ, thank you. Like, you, you. <laughs> no, no, thank you because the way that you've just talked here now, like maybe I could even sit down because you've said what we need to say. KJ, thank you so much. Um, thank you. And because KJ wasn't, because she wasn't on the microphone, let me just uh, maybe summarise what she said. So she was living in Mernda and she would travel one hour and 10 minutes to Clayton with her three kids and her husband. Um, one hour and 10 minutes there, one hour and 10 minutes back. And she came to know Jong-in because Jong-in's a piano teacher and Jong-in's invited her along here and so now Korean speaking church for you to go to. That's, how good's that story, friends, hey? How good's that story? God bless you. Hey, Jong, um, not Jong-in, what's your name? Noah. Can <laughs> you tell us what's happened since the start of the year? Yes, uh, at first time we arrived here we, start, we decided to start a Korean church here. We, we need some, uh, we feel some necessary to, we built up our, the prayer pillar. The prayer pillar? Yeah, because church, it, we think church is the house of God. The pillar is very important. We think, and we decide we, Make uh, we built a pillar, the over basement of a church, with the prayer. Yeah, yeah. Oh. We begin to early morning prayer during weekday, and we have prayed for Korean ministry such as who we need to approach. The first answer is KJ family. <laughs> early morning prayer. That's yeah. great. Yeah. God has given wisdom for the ministry. We could begin the Korean service and continue to worship our God in our mother tongue. For the first two few weeks, few week, we did not have any new member, but by the grace of God, we have regular members now and we have prayer for the church together. We are learning many things through this journey. We are growing in many ways as the ministry are ongoing. Wow. Now, how did, it, um, how did it feel when you made the decision to move here and you've, you've picked up and you've moved to the other side of Melbourne? How did it feel? Yeah, in fact, we have a very layered contact in this area. Uh, Feeling-wise, we were okay even so even though moving to Epping looked like moving a very new city, I think we were godly driven. Some people, some people said like said to us like uh, we, you are so brave. Some people told us you look like crazy. <laughs> yes, yes, we want more credit to God. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's good. Hey, has it been easy since you've been here? Uh, 
not much, not much difficult, not much difficult. We, here is so many different, so uh, here has so big difference from the we were living. We were living black men. This here is very different, but we really love here. Not much difficult. And we met a good church, and we met good church members, and we good, met good senior pastor. Now, uh, thank you. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you so much. Um, you find Jesus where the faithful are mobilized. Feeling so cool to stay. So cool to stay. Do you know from what Paul said there as well, Jesus' mission challenge, and he made his challenge clear. The message of Jesus was this good news that, that we've all got right now and we've got access to it. He said, I want you to take this good news to every people group, to every ethnic group on the face of the earth. I want you to take it there and to say it and to live it and to show it. That's, that's the challenge. That's the mission challenge. So Jesus' mission challenge will only ever be reached with people like you and me going. If the vast majority of us here this morning, I mean, look around here. If the, if the people, if the vast majority of us don't go because we're not called to go, because we're called to stay, then it would follow, wouldn't it, that the vast majority of the people in the churches around about us, they, they won't go because they're feeling called to stay. And it'd be the majority, wouldn't it? Well, do you know a statistic that Andrew Scott gives in his book, Scatter? And I know it's gonna boggle your mind and I can only trust that it's true. I've met this guy and, I, and I, I'm sure he's telling the truth. Do you know that in America, in the United States of America, people spend more money on Halloween, on their presents for their pets for Halloween, than they send on than they spend on sending people to unreached people groups. It's a church on every corner here in Australia. If the vast majority of us don't go, and especially into this, just take a look at this. Um, what we call, have you heard of the 1040 window? If you could, Jaden, I think maybe you could, there we go, thank you. 1040 window between 10 degrees and 40 degrees north of the equator. And you can see, you know, you can see Australia down the bottom there. Um, and if you're feeling called to stay today, 
and, and you can't wait for Jesus to come back and rescue us all from this broken down world we're in. Well, you know, Jesus promised that when he does come back, and he's gonna come back, but when he does, what he said is, and he promised us this, is that there will be people from every nation and every tribe and every tongue who were there with him. So you do the math. If we've still got 41% of our world unreached, it follows to me, and I'm not trying to give you an eschatological treatise this morning, but it follows to me that he might be holding off on his coming back. You find Jesus where the faithful are mobilised. So friends, let's, um, let's pray as we finish because you'd be sitting there and you could be asking a few questions this morning. Would you just pray with me? And, and, um, and just, you could be, you'd be sitting there saying, okay, so what can I do? Well, the short answer is I don't know exactly what you can do right at the moment, but the, but the answer, what I can tell you is what the answer is not. The answer, and I believe with all my heart, my friends, I believe with all my heart, the answer that God, that the Spirit of God would want you to have is absolutely not to sit there and and to get up from your chair and walk out of the building today, again, assuming that you're not called to go. That is not the answer. What could you do? whole range of things I'd really suggest grabbing hold of Andrew Scott's book have a read of that because it's just so practical about how we can take our vocation we can take whatever it is we're doing now another thing that I suggest that you do is just to simply ask ask God to open up your heart on this if you if you know your heart's closed just ask him to open up your heart and and then ask him, tell him, God, I'll, I'll go anywhere. I'll go anywhere, I'll do anything. And I know I, I don't know, I'd probably just about make you tired of hearing it. But when I say things like, what, what about, you know, once we get through COVID and we can travel again, what about instead of doing the family holiday to Queensland, you, you take, and you're going to spend less money, friends, to go to somewhere like the Philippines. What about doing that? See, there's all sorts of practical things you can do. And in the life groups this week, there's a question here. We're going to do some brainstorming about how can we send more? Like, what can we do? And, and I can't wait to hear all the ideas that people come up with creative, innovative ideas about exciting ways that we can, we can meet this challenge together. And then just as I finish too, I'm really, really aware as, I, as I'm saying this that you, you could well be sitting there thinking, well, Jeff, that's all well and good. Why aren't you going, buddy? Very fair question. Um, and just for the sake of time now, I'm not going to be able to sort of answer it publicly, but I tell you what, friends, please, 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 um, come talk to me, give me a phone call, send me an email. You ask me any time at all, and I'm going to explain my situation to you. 
um, and, and the way that, that I'm trying my best. And don't get it right all the time, absolutely not. But absolutely trying my best to follow Jesus with integrity and with authenticity in his great commission. Thank you, Jesus, for the good news that you've given us. Thank you so much. Um, we're trusting you now for the work of your spirit, not for the work of guilt or of um, anything else, not, not even for the, the words or the stories or whatever of Pastor Jeff, but the work of your spirit, the spirit of the living God, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and there's freedom. And when we know the truth, the truth sets us free. So we're trusting you now, Lord Jesus, to take what's been said this morning and to do with it what you will. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.